0: The Audio Guide to the Galaxy is recorded at SciTech on Wajak Noongar land. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Audio Guide to the Galaxy, the monthly podcast produced by SciTech, where we take you through a guided tour of the night sky as seen from Perth. In this episode, we'll be discussing what you can see in the night sky in the month of September. My name is Leon and I'm joined by Amanda, a professional presenter from the SciTech Planetarium. Amanda, thanks for being here.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Uh, welcome back. We, you were here last month as well. <laughs> you seem to be our resident expert in all things space and astronomy. Now, as we always do with these uh, with these podcasts, I'd like to start by asking you, what planets can I see if I'm outside in the night sky looking up?
1: Yeah, well, as it has been the case for the past few months, Mars is still up at sunset. It is the last chance to catch it up in the western sky at sunset. So if you want to head out and check it out, you can by looking out where the sun sets and you'll know you're facing west. And you should see Mars up there for the last time this month for a little while.
0: Yeah, I've been looking at Mars. It's, It's super faint right now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. So if you want to go check it out, it is still up there, but what I recommend is that you turn 180 degrees the opposite direction, so you're facing east, and Saturn will be up rising in the eastern sky, looking very bright at the moment and somewhat yellowish. And if you want to wait around until 10pm, Jupiter will be rising as well in the eastern sky. Now, good. Yeah, if you want to wait around even longer or maybe go to sleep and then get back up in the morning. Um, at sunrise, you will see Venus rising just before sunrise in the eastern sky. And later on in the month, Mercury will be joining Venus there as well.
0: Wow, that's a, so it's all in the east this month.
1: Yes, it is. Okay, I, and I, I think I have seen
0: Saturn because um, stars, they are very much whitish when you look at them in the sky. But I have noticed some, something's kind of yellowish in the east. That's probably Saturn then.
1: Yeah, particularly if you're looking in Perth, stars do look primarily white. They do actually have colours, but... Oh, and yeah, lights of the city of Perth do wash those out, so they tend to look pretty white. Saturn, however, will look yellowish.
0: Yellowish radio. And uh, Jupiter at about 10 pm, did you say? Yeah. Yeah, OK. Um, OK, that's good because I'm definitely more of a night person. But uh, so Venus is now the the morning star, I guess. If it's
1: Yeah, exactly. So we talk about it as the evening star when it's that first star. But we know it's not a star, of course, that yeah. appears in the night sky. And when it's up just uh, at sunrise, we call it the morning star.
0: All right. So, yeah, Venus is the bright thing in the morning uh, before sunrise. And Mercury said in the second half of the month. Is that right?
1: Yeah, later on the month, uh, you'll see Mercury joining Venus in the morning.
0: Oh, in the morning. OK, well, oh, that's good to know. Alright, so it's all about the planets in the east this month. Uh, Is there like a best day to go out or does it not really matter?
1: I suppose it depends on what you mean by that. A good time to go out is when there isn't the moon up because the moon, it reflects a lot of light from the sun. Um, so oh, it makes yeah, it more difficult to look at the stars and the planets. So if you're out on the 29th of September, which is when our full moon is, not great for planet and stargazing, but you will get to see the full moon squished between Saturn and Jupiter, which can make for nice viewing.
0: Oh, okay. So yeah, normally you wouldn't really go looking during a full moon, yeah. but just by coincidence, it happens to... Are you saying that, like, you'll have the full moon and then on one side there'll be Saturn, on the other side there'll be Jupiter?
1: Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> we know all our planets line up because our solar system is kind of flat. Yeah, kind So they of all direction. pass through that ecliptic, we call it. Yep. So they all kind of line up when they're near each other in the sky and the moon falls on that same path. So it just happens to be between Saturn and Jupiter in our night sky. So it might make them easier to spot in that they'll be lined up.
0: Yeah, that's pretty, pretty neat, just a coincidence that the full moon is... Uh, position between them this month
1: yeah but if you're particularly interested in looking at the planets or maybe constellations i'd recommend two weeks before that when the moon's not going to be up so you can see better
0: yeah that makes sense that makes a lot of sense okay uh, what about any interesting uh, constellations or stars? What's uh, what's hot this month?
1: Yeah, okay. Well, if we are talking about going out, perhaps during a new moon where the moon's not up and we can see some stars, we might want to look for a fainter constellation. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, Pavo I find is a very exciting constellation. It is a giant space slug.
0: <laughs> a giant space slug, Pavo the space slug.
1: Yes. You're looking at me like you don't believe me. And that's probably because, Leon, you keep hearing the story of Parvo the Peacock.
0: I've heard of Parvo the Peacock, yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay, and if anyone at home is using apps like Stellarium on their phone to go look up constellations, you can do that. You can go find Parvo in the night sky and an app might help because it is quite faint. And that app will tell you it's a peacock. Yeah, yeah, go and spin me a story then seeing if you can connect the dots to make a big body and then make two sluggish antennas and then you can see a giant space slug in the sky. Wow. I think it's a very important lesson that the pictures don't really matter. Yeah, the matter. Kind of pictures don't no, really matter. you can make up whatever you want and I definitely choose to see a giant slug when I look at Parvo. We really just use the constellation names so that we know what we're looking at. So as long as we're all calling those ones Parvo, for example, if I want to talk about the particular star Parvo Delta, then I'm talking about the fourth brightest star in the constellation Parvo. Right, so That's okay. why we need to know constellation names.
0: So the naming is important yeah. as far as using it to name stars and so on. Yeah. But um, just because people call it a peacock doesn't yeah. really matter.
1: Yeah, um, some people hundreds of years ago decided it was a peacock. It's not <laughs> that interesting. Yeah. Definitely look for a space slug. Okay. But you might also try and find Parvo Delta. Um, particularly if you're using Stellarium that'll be a bit more helpful. And it's a pretty cool star. It's very high in metallic elements. Mm-hmm. Now uh, Parvo Delta is about 20 light years away from us and we haven't found any exoplanets around it. But the reason is, is exciting is that they, because looking at data from where we find exoplanets around different stars, so exoplanets are planets orbiting around other stars, not our sun, mm-hmm. um, we see them more often around stars with high amounts of metal in them. So I oh, haven't really? found them around Parvo Delta, but it's a bit of an interesting star because it is more likely that it would have exoplanets given the kind of makeup the star has.
0: Wow, that's a, a lot to digest in one go there. Um, Firstly, I'll just bring it back a second where you said it's a faint constellation, so it is actually probably useful to use something like an app to help you find it. Yeah, Because it's not going to stand out like Orion or Scorpius.
1: Yeah, this is where I fully confess that if I'm looking for Parvo in the night sky, I use an app because especially in Perth, it is very faint.
0: Yeah, okay, good to know. Delta Parvo is, so it's a star that's got like higher amounts of metals and that correlates with a... The probability we'll have planets, is that what you said?
1: Yeah, based on um, looking at other stars. Oh, looking at other
0: stars with other that we know have planets mm-hmm. and then looking at what the star is made of and we tend to find higher met- metals in those stars. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that means we might find, uh, there's a higher chance of finding something around Delta Pavo.
1: Yeah, based on our previous observations, we would predict it probably does.
0: Oh, that's really cool. All right. Um, well, I guess I'll have to have a look for it. <laughs> the delta parvo in the the big space slug. Exactly. Um, I believe parvo is ancient Greek for phoenix. Uh, not phoenix, for peacock. peacock
1: <laughs> <laughs> Again, all semantics. You could call it whatever. Well, we're going to call it parvo so that we all know what we're looking at.
0: Right. But, but the artwork. You can... I
1: definitely see a slug. Okay. Uh,
0: sure. All right. That's. I know what I'm looking for now. <laughs> um, in, the, in the deep south. Exactly. All right. Well, is there any other interesting space news in September?
1: Uh, in space news, well, coming up, we do have the September or spring equinox.
0: Yes, the equinox. I knew that was around about now.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so, what happens on the equinox? Equinox is when the sun passes directly over the equator. So, Earth is sort of on a tilt, usually. Yes. Upward is on a tilt. Yep.
0: Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. So, usually the Sun is either slightly towards the north or towards the south.
1: Exactly. But this is where in Earth's orbit it takes it so that it's directly over the equator. And that basically equi, meaning equal, and nox, meaning night. We have equal night and day. So 12 hours for night and day is the main part. Oh, okay. So if you were exactly at the equator, you would see the sun right up overhead and your shadow would be directly underneath you, wouldn't stretch out in front of you or
0: behind. Right, and this is on the day of the equinox. Yes, um, exactly.
1: And yep. if you're at the equator. Obviously, in Australia, we're a bit further south, so oh, we won't yeah, experience that exact phenomena on an equinox.
0: Yeah, gotcha. And what's, what, what day is this? What's the date of this equinox? Uh,
1: yeah, so exactly, it's on the 23rd of September.
0: Oh, right, okay. And is this, I'm, I'm assuming, it's related to spring then?
1: Uh, yes, yeah, so obviously for us in the southern hemisphere, because we're heading towards summer, and so with our equinox, we have spring, mm-hmm. our spring equinox. And so then um, as time goes on, you'll notice for us, the sun gets even higher in the sky as we head into summer. So as the sun is getting higher and higher in the sky through spring and into summer, mm-hmm. we have more sunlight per square metre ground uh, area. So right. you can think of it as it's more intense amount of sunlight, and that's why it's warmer for us. And then the northern hemisphere is experiencing the opposite. So that's why they're going into their colder.
0: Right. And it's all because of the tilt. Exactly. Good to know. Well, um, I feel like I've learnt a little bit about that. Uh, Alright, let's keep keep going. Uh, the International Space Station is always a big big hit. Are there any good predictions for when we might... When's a good time to go and look for the space
1: station? Well, I'm not a night person, so I have a few times you can look for it. For example, on the 17th of September at about 5.30am.
0: Oh, I'm not doing that. Or
1: the 20th of September at just before 5am.
0: Okay, oh God. So the 17th and the 20th and uh, you said 5.30 on the 17th
1: mm-hmm.
0: and just before 5
1: on the 20th exactly now you might not be a morning person so you can always just look up where can I see the ISS <laughs> yeah, always just so. just type that into Google see if you can find a time that's more suitable for
0: you right I'm, I might have to do that but that's, that's good to know okay so for anyone who um, likes torturing themselves then you can get up at that time of day yep. and, uh, and go for a look <laughs> fantastic let's leave Earth behind for a bit then is there any other interesting news in the big wide world of space what's happening?
1: Yes, well, the Indian. Uh, oh, hold up. Uh, yeah, there is, so the ISRO or Indian Space Research Organisation. Yes. Um, you might remember from last month's podcast. Yeah, they're in, we all in the about, news right now. Yeah, exactly. So Chandrayaan three, um, obviously, big news. They did successfully. They landed on the moon. From <laughs> lander, yes, a, a soft landing, so they touched down softly. We're able to deploy um, their rover that's been roving around for a couple of weeks.
0: Yes, I did see the footage of that of uh, the, the camera on the side of the lander as the rover drove down onto the onto the surface of the moon.
1: Yes, so that's exciting news. But they don't stop there; they have also launched the Aditya L1 spacecraft.
0: Oh, okay. They didn't even take a break; they no, just
1: straight into it. They, blo- they launched that on September second, and um, it was over to go study.
0: So Aditya L1 is uh, off to study the sun. How's it going to study the sun then?
1: Yeah, so it's got four cameras on board that are special telescope cameras and they're able to look at the different layers of the sun's atmosphere and Mm. also be looking at um, the magnetic field from Earth and solar flares coming from the sun and it's going to look at how those things interact and what effect the sun is having on them.
0: Oh wow, that's pretty ambitious. So it's viewing the sun from a distance with its telescopes and then it's using what, like its... um, magnetometer and whatever at earth to see what's going on
1: yes it has a magnetometer um, that'll be near earth and it's going to be looking at the magnetic field here on earth and to see if the magnetic field is impacted by the solar plasma
0: wow that's a hugely ambitious mission (laughs) yeah i look forward to seeing what comes out of that well there we go i think that's a good place to call it there um so thank you so much for being here today amanda for the audio guide to the galaxy much appreciated thanks for having me That's it for this episode of SciTech's Audio Guide to the Galaxy. We'll see you next month where we talk about the night sky in October. If you'd like to know more about what we've been talking about today, you can find more by going to the SciTech website, and there you'll find a link for a page called The Sky Tonight, which is a monthly blog written by us here at SciTech about all the wonderful things you can see in the night sky.